Hey, what's going on? This is Troy, and this is the Planet 76 Podcast, your source for Sixers news, highlights, hot takes, and more. Welcome to the show. Welcome, everyone, to Planet 76. My name is Michael. Troy is here, as always. And we have another episode. It's been a while since we've recorded. It feels like a while, but I think it's only been a week. Yeah, not too long, but a while. <laughs> maybe because the Sixers have, maybe because the Sixers have had four games since we last recorded: um, Cavs, Thunder, T Wolves, and then tonight was the Lakers. Got all that coming up. Recap for you guys. Make sure you subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on everything because we have a platform on every single social media app that you could think of, even ones you don't think <laughs> of. So follow us, subscribe, and I'll let Troy take it away. Yes. So, yeah, I'd say out of the four games you just mentioned, the, the two most notable and, you know, where we might, you know, as far as recap goes, where we yeah. might spend our most time is with the Lakers win um, yeah. tonight in blowout fashion. I... I read online it says this is lebron james has suffered his worst defeat in his nba career um so that's pretty notable if you don't know who that is lebron james he's played a lot of games in this league and this is his worst loss so 138 94 i'll tell you this lebron james is a basketball player in this yes yeah he's (laughs) he's pretty good um (laughs) 138 94 sixers could not miss literally at times in this one at home at the Wells Fargo Center. So really, really cool to beat up on the Lakers. That's always fun. Um, but we'll talk about that. And then, you know, the second kind of notable game recently, just because of the significance of it with the in-season tournament, uh, was the Sixers' loss at home in uh, overtime, very close game to the to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and then they had a, you know, a back-to-back where they lost to the Timberwolves without Embiid and, you know, the guys that did play played back-to-back nights, so kind of difficult there. Right. Um, but man, if we, you know, even if we just kind of backtrack a little bit, so Sixers Lakers tonight, again, one thirty-eight ninety-four. Hard to uh, hate on that. The kind of interesting nugget there is uh, the second and third quarters. The Sixers won by just five points, and yet they still ended up winning by that big of a margin because they won by thirteen in the first and twenty-six in the fourth quarter it was 40 to 14 in the fourth quarter so um yeah what do you what did you like in in this one yeah i mean just just a beat down (laughs) they just stomped this lakers team i was not expecting this at all now a lot of it i will say i will say the sixers did have a lot of shooting luck tonight yeah they hit about 23s they had 12 threes in the first half alone, which was a season high of all NBA teams, I believe. So, I'm not going to lie. That was definitely unexpected. If you asked me if I thought they'd make 20 threes in the game, I would say absolutely not. But, I mean, Maxi was, was on fire from three. Marcus Morris was hitting threes. Patrick Beverly was yes. hitting threes. <laughs> Everybody. Embiid was hitting threes. Everybody was hitting threes. Just total... A just domination of the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and also the Lakers didn't really look like they were trying that hard in this game. Mm. And at least after the first quarter, it looks like they were just kind of out there just running around. I don't know what that was about, but clearly they just 
didn't care. Uh, Sixers, what was it, a 35-piece win? Um, 44. 44, Phil. <laughs> That is absurd. Yes, it is. Uh, this, that, I mean, the first half, again, I want to emphasize the first half, like, one of the, one of, if not the best first halves I've seen ever from any iteration of the, of the Philadelphia 76 It's just totally destroying the Lakers. Like, yeah. even from the whole three, even from a three-point shooting perspective aside, they were getting in the basket, they were swatting Anthony Davis, getting blocks, clamping up the perimeter, it was just a really, really, really well-balanced effort, and it was just great. It was just great. Right. It was, even just to give some numbers to this performance. So yeah. shooting-wise as a team, you know, it's just kind of interesting <clears throat> to look at. Um, the Lakers shot the ball decently, 47%. Right. They only made 7 of 28 from 3, but right. 47% from the field, and Sixers were just over 50% from the field, and yet it's a – 44 point victory um and the reason it's a 44 point victory is because of those 22 made threes and even the, at the free throw line sixers you know got to the line uh 13 more times and, and made 13 more of their attempts so you know that's a big difference and you know that that was the difference in this one is you know behind behind the three-point line and at the free throw line um some notables in this one Embiid had 30 11 rebounds 11 assists um, for a triple-double, and then uh, Tyrese Maxey with 31. As you mentioned, Marcus Morris, 6 for 8, 4 or 5 from 3. Yeah. Patrick Beverly checked in and, 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 and made some shots early, 4 he for 8 from threes. 3. Yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those yeah. nights. If Patrick Beverly's knocking down 50% from 3 on 8 attempts, it's going to be a good night. <laughs> um, you can you can pretty <laughs> much book that. So Yeah, that's a pretty good um, indicator. And all this, considering Tobias Harris struggled offensively. He didn't make a 3, and he was 3 for 12 from the field. Nicholas Batum got in on the action, as he has as of late. Um, got to be encouraged by what you see against a, a team like the Lakers. And the way they respond, you know, they, they drop two in a row to teams they should have beaten in the Cavs and, and the Timberwolves, although the Timberwolves are playing well to start the season. But then they bounce back with a win against the Thunder by four. I beat at 35, 11, and nine. Maxie had 28. Um, the rest of the starters in this one, 16, 14, 14 against the Thunder. So you like to see that on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, again, Timberwolves, Embiid didn't play, got down behind a lot, um, you know, early, and uh, just not enough, even though it was a balanced attack. Um, you know, a couple guys with 16, Harris with 15. The Sixers played 13 guys in this game against the Timberwolves. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, um, you know, that in-season tournament loss hurt a little bit. Obviously, Sixers are not going to continue through the knockout rounds as they finish 2-2 two and two in the in-season <laughs> tournament. Kind of like we said a few weeks ago, you know, if, I think we would have been really into it if the Sixers fared well and moved on, but now it's like, <laughs> ah, who cares, you know, whatever. These games don't really mean that much anything, you know. Um, so, yeah, what's kind of your your thoughts on where the Sixers are at they're they're 12 and 5 Orlando is on like a seven game or five game streak they're also 12 and 5 yeah Milwaukee's 12 and 5 and the Celtics are 13 and 4 who the Sixers will see in just a couple couple nights already again for the third time but Mm -hmm. overall sitting at 12 and 5 how you feeling yeah I mean I'm feeling good about the team they've obviously had to miss out on the benefits of Kelly Oubre, but for what it's worth and for what they've had, 
they've played really well. I just really love the way this team is playing. Like, super fast-paced. They're scoring a ton of points. They're obviously hitting a ton of threes. And a lot of that obviously has to do with Embiid and, the pres- and his presence on the court. But just goes to show how good everyone else is. Right. Like, you got guys, you got guys, eight, nine guys who can really, really hit shots, who can really, really score. I mean, they're not amazing scores, but like Marcus Morris can hit shots, right. Covington can hit shots, Batum has been such a great addition. We haven't talked about him. We will be, though, <laughs> even if it's not this episode, we will be talking about Nicholas Batum in the future because he's been amazing. Like, there's just, they have, the Sixers have guys that can just hit shots, like guys that can really hoop. And when you have that, you get not only a, the product is fun, this team is fun, but you just get such a really well-balanced, like really legitimately good basketball team. Yeah. That is something I do want to talk about is these new guys. And yeah. um, a few of them obviously have had their moments. Patrick Beverly's kind of moment came tonight in a season high. Uh, Marcus Morris, his best night shooting. Uh, Nicholas mm-hmm. Batum was was good again tonight, and and in previous mm-hmm. games he's been good. Um, you know, Covington has made some plays defensively. I think we would obviously like to see a little more from him offensively. Um, yeah. You know, we, we we we've seen him in a Sixers uniform able to knock down some shots, and I think that'll come, um, just like kind of we expected it to for Marcus Morris, even though he started out the gate struggling a little bit and wasn't even seeing much playing time. Uh, but after a night like tonight, you got to figure for the foreseeable future he'll find a way in the rotation if. If uh, you know if he can, if he's healthy, so um, that's I, yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I do want to say. Full disclosure: Patrick Beverly has really grown on me as a player. Mm. We talked about it here on the podcast in the off season. I wasn't a huge fan of the Beverly signing. I didn't love it. I still don't love it, but I'm a lot more moved by it. I'm a lot warmer on him as a player and the signing because I just really like what he brings. He he comes to the court, he, he gets, he checks in, he just, he really plays, he really gives a lot of effort, especially defensively, and again, when 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 he's hitting threes, he's just that much more valuable, really, I knew he was a good rebounder, but he's a very good rebounder for being a 6'1", 6'2", guard, not that, right. not that really big frame, just kind of a smaller guard, really good rebounder, I just love the effort that he brings, and it's kind of, people... People refer to him as a guard version of P.J. Tucker. I don't know if I'm there yet. I still am a little sour on the Sixers trading Tucker. Yeah, I have to. I, I need. <laughs> I need more of a sample size to to confirm or deny that from my for my end. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I mean, Patrick Beverly. You know, he's had some moments, and you know, we've talked about it. It's it's a very much so a new role for him coming off the bench as it is for Marcus Morris. Um, These are two guys that are used to starting in their NBA career and and, and for veterans in their mid thirties, it it is an adjustment uh, to come off the bench. It is an adjustment to come to a new city and, and play a new role and to realize that, you know, for Patrick Beverly, especially like there, you know, there's an all-star guy who's looking like he's (laughs) heading for an all-star and Tyrese Maxey who's ahead of him. That's different for, for the teams that, that, uh, that Patrick Beverly's been on. And so it's an adjustment there. And um, I think, you know, because it's not just tonight against the Lakers where he's kind of shown some, shown some, you know, strong points. He's, he's come right. on as of late. 
And it, I oh, hope yeah. and I, I think that it could just be attributed to the fact that he is getting more comfortable in this new role. And uh, the same can be said for Marcus Moore. So that's encouraging. Um, the one thing I did want to mention with those guys and Covington and Batum and, you know, you can throw K.J. Martin in there if you would Go like. Yeah. Um, but you know how it's like when people say, you know, don't want to speculate but, and then they proceed to speculate. That's what I'm about to do. <laughs> <It's, yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm about to do. But, um, you know, the, the talk is still out there about, you know, who stays, who goes. Is this team going to make a move at the deadline? It's not as frequent, you know, after this trade from L.A. came um, and we got the, some of these guys, but you have to think it's still out there. Um, do the Sixers go after Zach Levine or whoever you want to talk about? Um, you know, maybe even your your personal thoughts on whether they should or not aside, um, yeah. what is your thoughts on you know who's gonna be here are they are, are the six do you think the sixers should roll with what they got or do you see you know some of these guys being shipped off i mean but the way the batum's playing the way that marcus moore stepped up tonight like yeah how's this gonna work do they have too much depth because like who's gonna get the minutes well i don't think they have too much depth <laughs> i'll say that and we've talked about it here before they don't have, they don't have to <laughs> they have a lot they have a lot of depth and having Depth is such a great thing. It's a luxury because most teams who are really trying to compete in this league don't have great depth. They have good depth. Superstar heavy leagues. Superstar heavy league, which uh, in in that most teams don't have a lot of depth. They just don't. Having a lot of depth is a good thing. However, with that being said, if the Sixers still can somehow get in the mix for OG and Mm -hmm. like I'm I'm just going to... I'm just going to say it until it either happens or, or it doesn't happen, until it can't happen anymore. I really would like to see this team pursue OG Ananobi. Yes, it would probably be at the cost of Covington, of Batum, mm-hmm. perhaps. But OG Ananobi gives you what those guys give you and more. Right. So I would be so willing to ship them to get him. And obviously this team's building chemistry, so there would be a small hit there. But OG is such a seamless fit into your team offensively and defensively that I don't really think it would disrupt much at all. If it does, not much at all. And you'd probably have to include some picks, which the Sixers don't really have much of anyway. But if they can do it, this is something that I think needs to be done now, like right now. Yeah. Now it's you know then it's night nights like tonight where you know pretty much everyone's healthy I guess and yeah you you play like this and everybody seemingly plays well you know especially among those role players in you know a Batum who played 29 yeah, minutes Marcus Morris played 20 Beverly played 24 so like somehow tonight there was minutes to go around Covington played 18 um right. so there is minutes to go around in a sense but and it's and it's tough because again kind of harping on what you said just you know literally just right now like the team's playing well with the guys they have. Guys are performing really well. Guys are mm-hmm. are really playing to their role and, and, and complimenting Embiid and Maxi really well. So there's another side of two is these guys are playing super well. Why trade them? Why flip them for OG? And again, there's there's pros and cons to both of these. I, I don't think there's a clear answer. I think it's a 
going to be a tough decision on whether to move forward with this roster as it stands or to go for someone in OGN. It would be literally, again, I think he's the perfect fit for this team. I think he gives you what Covington gives you and what Batum gives you, plus more. Obviously, you're going to have to trade two or three players, but I really do think it's worth it. He can start. Ubre can come off the bench. You still have an eight-man rotation of Ubre. I'm sorry, starting five, plus Ubre, plus Beverly, plus Reed, insert KJ Martin, or I'm drawing a blank on who Morris assists. or Covington or or Morris. I forgot about yeah. Morris. Yeah, if they can if they can hold on to Morris, you have a, you still have such a really good nine man rotation with Kelly Ubre as your six man. That's mm. great. So if it does happen, I think it's it, it works. If it doesn't happen, I think it works too. Yeah, to me, it's 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 hard to imagine a future where all these guys are here come February. Yeah. Now, yeah, again, because I mean, you just mentioned, you know, we're we're pretty healthy outside of Kelly Oubre, who is playing extremely well, um, and you know, he's a wing just like those other guys that we're talking about. So, um, man, oh man, it's going to be interesting to see how it works. But um, you know, need you know all that to say you still love what you see from some of these guys i mean marcus morris has you know he's played some minimal minutes in certain games but if you look at his numbers since he's been here the two games where he he shoots you know you know more than three attempts a game he's gotten 16 two of the last three appearances one against minnesota and one against la tonight the most minutes he's played against the lakers tonight he was six for eight four or five from three for 16 points he was he was probably the the one other than like just wanting to see Robert Covington come home, like he was the one in that trade that I was most excited about because yeah. of his oh, reputation yeah. in the league, and I'm just happy Absolutely. that it's finally starting to show. And you know, he's healthy and and getting his getting his time, so um, pretty cool there. And I don't I don't think he's too mad about you know the looks that he's getting because of playing with <laughs> Joel Embiid and and Maxi freeing him up. So um, yeah interesting stuff um too much depth no but a lot of depth is good and you know it even just the point we talked about 10 minutes ago with patrick beverly marcus morris used to starting in this league nicholas batum's another yeah. one like if they're coming off the bench oh, batum's been starting but you know guys like that that are coming off the bench that just means that you have good depth if the guys that are coming off the bench are used to starting like that's the definition of <laughs> of good depth so um yeah. Interesting stuff there. All right. Coming up, though, Sixers-Pelicans Wednesday night, and then Sixers at Celtics again, their third matchup already. The fourth one is not for another three months until um, late February. So we don't have to see the Celtics again for a while after Friday night. Um, At Celtics, 7.30 on ESPN on Friday. Um, Any any thoughts on that game on Friday? Um, Honestly, I have no thoughts. Um... The Celtics have been without Drew Holiday for the past week or so. I'm not sure if he'll be back. Mm-hmm. Huge either way. If he's not back, huge for the Sixers because they should take advantage and hopefully will take advantage of a very much weakened Boston Celtics team. He provides a lot. Um, you, we saw it, I think, last time they played. Um, you know, he, he you get a lot from Holiday, so when he's missing you have to make up for that and it's crazy because for how good holiday is when he's not playing they can still make up for it with guys like Derek white yeah with guys like um i mean even peyton pritchard contributes a little bit you know to fill up 
a little bit of that like toughness gap when when Holiday's gone. But I think the Sixers again they beat them already, so it's it's obviously a, a totally different team now. It's been about two weeks since they last played, so a lot of a lot more games under each team's belt. But I still have a lot of confidence in the Sixers. Obviously, it's hard to, it's hard to not have confidence in this team right now, yeah. especially because they're just winning. They're at the top of the East. I think they're what second or third in the East still. Yep, tied for second. Um, yeah, second. Yeah, so. I don't know. I, I I think it's gonna be again a good game. It's usually ever since the Celtics and Sixers have played recently, it's usually been a good game aside from Game Seven this past year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm 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 excited. I'm confident in the Sixers for sure. Yep, always fun to watch them play, and uh, that's coming up again for the third time already on the young season. It's uh, crazy. It is crazy. So Sixers sitting at twelve and five, historic win over. LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers, 138-94. Yes. Um, incredible stuff from the Sixers, shooting the ball incredibly well. Everyone getting involved. You just love to see it. Um, I like to think Nick Nurse, someone we haven't mentioned. I like to think that he has an impact on that. Nick so Nick Nurse. I'd love to have him on here one day. Man. That would be, awesome. would be awesome. That would be so cool. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for episode 119 of Planet 76. And uh, we'll be sure to catch you next time. You just listened to an episode of the Planet 76 podcast. Hey, we appreciate you joining us for this episode. Whatever platform you're on, why don't you hit that subscribe button for us, and we'll see you next time.